Welcome to the Essay for FAs Asset Allocator Podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest to financial advisors, including ETFs, asset allocation, and the economy. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and our topic today is what to make of the craze over factor investing or smart beta strategies. In a new article posted on Seeking Alpha, contributor Victor Haghani, with some courage, takes on the sacred cow of factor investing. For the uninitiated, factor investing is the quest for some return advantage that would come through tilting a portfolio from a neutral stance of total market ownership. The classic expressions of this idea are owning value stocks or small cap stocks, but the number of factors thought to confer some sort of advantage has exploded in recent years, with the most popular, aside from value and size, including high dividend growth, quality stocks, momentum-based strategies, and low vol stocks. My first thought on all this is that these strategies would appear to contradict one another. Low vol and momentum approaches would seem to be opposites, for example. But of course, one could respond to that, that each strategy has its time within the market cycle, that there are many ways to make money. Fair enough. Haghani, who is the founder of Elm Partners and thus himself a manager of a large volume of assets, attempts to present the case for factor investing while offering large doses of skepticism in an attempt to find some sort of path forward. The article is wonkish, and not what I would call an easy read, but its point of departure may perhaps be Haghani's observation that a factor combo that has outperformed the market for more than half a century by nearly 3% a year has now underperformed the market by a smidgen and with higher risk over the past five years. Somebody who manages other people's money and uses factor-based strategies should definitely be concerned about whether this trend might persist. Haghani reaches the gentle conclusion that one ought to have a high threshold for deviating from a market-neutral portfolio. He says that his own team's data preferences are forward-looking rather than the market history focus inherent in academic stock research. Indeed, my favorite line in his article speaks to this point. I quote, Researchers and investors are good at finding stories which seem to fit the data, but the data itself is much more closed-mouthed about which story is right, and consequently what to expect in the future. End quote. I think that point is one advisors must always bear in mind. While I find myself naturally more attracted to certain styles of investing, such as low-vol investing, it's not necessarily based on academic research so much as behavioral stratagems. In other words, I prefer approaches that investors can more easily stick with. What's more, I fundamentally don't believe that some academic is going to find the secret way to make the most amount of money. Advantages can be found to be sure. There are a lot of smart researchers out there. But will they persist? Take as an example small cap stocks, which have been thought superior for a very long time. Consumers of research indicating their long-term outperformance need to be sure that the data used is clean. After all, which companies are likelier to fail? small ones or large ones, and then subsequently be delisted from those data sets, biasing the data towards small cap outperformance by excluding the ones that flamed out. At the opposite end of the extreme, which companies, small or large, are likelier to explode to the upside? Again, this would seemingly be small caps, but much of our perception of this is based on periods like the late 1990s that are statistical outliers. We may not be able to form correct long-term conclusions about enhanced risk premia based on the few flashes of small cap outperformance we've seen. 
advisors are professionally obligated to take into consideration risk as well. To continue with our small cap example, is the client compensated for the extra volatility his small cap stocks may require of him? To conclude, I'm interested and open to the findings of academic finance, but I still take it all with a grain of salt. Overall, I prefer the investing concepts that are time-tested and available to all, such as diversification, than the ones that require us to parcel out of data whose reliability cannot be assumed. Haghani's critique of factor investing is thus a timely and useful resource for financial advisors. Thanks for listening, and consider listening as well to Seeking Alpha's new Let's Talk ETFs podcast, which explores ways ETFs can help investors reach their financial goals. If either are to your liking, consider leaving a review on Apple or Google Podcasts to help others discover the series. Meanwhile, you can contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests, and make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts.